All right, so this is gonna be probably my most controversial video that I'm going to put out there. And we are gonna really talk about the plank. Do we do the plank or do we not do the plank? Isn't it an effective exercise? And I think we have seen this all across YouTube. We've seen major influencers like Althea X um, and we've seen Dr. Christy Ennis and we've seen so many major influencers out there really say, stop doing the plank. It is an ineffective exercise. Do not do it. It's not going to limit your back pain, but I think they might be wrong. So let's take a look. It's about getting to the root problem. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Heather here. And I think, you know, a lot of times when we search YouTube, we kind of assume that if an influencer has put something out there, we assume it's correct. We assume that that's an exercise we should not do. But I went a little bit further here because I started thinking, what is it about a plank that most people would say, stop doing it? I went ahead, I looked at all the different videos that are out here from some of our major influencers like Althean X, also Dr. Chrissy Ennis, um, only because I wanted to kind of read the comments. I wanted to see what kind of content they were putting out there. Why would they say stop doing the plank? Because it is a very popular exercise that a majority of us in the health and wellness industry give our clients to do. So let's kind of take a look at why would they say stop doing a plank? That's gonna be our first reason. So first of all, the plank itself is what we call a very static exercise, meaning our body is in one plane of motion, which they're not incorrect. It's not a very functional exercise, so it doesn't really challenge our core to the most out of our potential. But again, the plank can be a very effective exercise when we're initially starting out and we really need to understand what core engagement is. So they're not wrong in saying that it's not a functional exercise. It's what we call a static exercise. Now, the other thing that they do address, both of them actually, is the fact that it engages the hip flexors. Now, if you've seen some of my other videos here on the channel that talk about, you know, hip flexor pain, having over-dominant hip flexors, especially if you're some of my runners, we need our hip flexors to go ahead and bring the knee up towards the chest. That's its primary movement action. And when we talk about the hip flexors, we're talking about the psoas muscle and the iliopsoas muscle, which does come off the lumbar spine, L1 through four, and then attaches itself either to the pelvis or actually to the lesser trochanter of the femur. Now, a lot of chiropractors won't tell you this, but I have mentioned this before, your hip flexors can contribute to low back pain. Now, again, both of these influencers did state that having kind of over-dominant hip flexors could be contributing to your low back pain, which may be why you don't wanna do that plank. But guess what? When I really looked a little further and I really kind of brought in some more research, looking at various studies done by Harvard, also to kind of going a little bit more further and seeing what some of the experts, you know, who do some of the publications in men's health, the hip flexor actually isn't really doing its primary movement pattern, which is hip flexion. So it's not necessarily overworking in that means. What it's doing is it's going ahead and doing a isometric contraction because it's allowing itself to contract, but in a lengthened form when we're really just holding that static position. So again, it's more or less allowing our body to have some stabilization at this point. So now if your hip flexor is already contributing to a low back pain symptom, 
best that we don't actually start with the plank exercise, but we start with some other exercises to really shut down that hip flexor from engaging to limit that low back pain. And then we can bring in the plank to go ahead and reinforce some other, you know, uh, contraction and stimulation. Now, another thing these guys also talked about was simply the fact that, you know, it wasn't doing glute activation. Now, granted, yes, it doesn't truly activate your glute med. And if you don't know much about your glute muscles, you actually have three of them. You have a glute max, a glute med, and a minimus. All of them do do extension of the hip, and the glute med also does abduction of the hip. And when we're looking at trying to engage our glutes, we do talk about, you know, reinforcing that squeezing action. The plank doesn't necessarily really activate the glutes. What happens when a trainer or somebody in the health profession really talks about squeeze your glutes, what's going on there is actually you're going ahead and taking your pelvis from an anterior tilt or a posterior tilt and you're bringing it into a more neutral position. When this happens, this is one of those initial exercises that allows the body to engage the core, especially the spinal stabilizers. By putting the pelvis in a pelvic neutral position, we're allowing all the little musculature from the pelvic floor muscles to the spinal stabilizers to really engage. So they're not wrong in saying it's not really truly a glute activation exercise, but what is happening is you're bringing your pelvis into more of a neutral position. This is something when I looked at some of the research, especially at the Harvard study, they talked about the fact that a blank exercise is really known as a bracing exercise. And if you've seen some of my other videos, like I've mentioned on the channel, or maybe you happen to grab my free ebook, which really talks about the secret to eliminating low back pain, we talk about the fact that when we're addressing the core, we're addressing the transverse abdominus muscle, which looks like a giant sheath of a muscle that wraps around from our xiphoid process down to our pubic bone. And what's happening there is it is, it looks like a large kind of brace. Like you took an ace bandage and you kind of wrapped up your midsection. So according to the Harvard study, this is where they're looking at the plank is a great exercise for bracing or really getting to that initial core stimulation. Now, again, like I said, the hip flexors, yeah, they're in an isometric contraction. They're not our primary muscle group that's gonna work when doing a plank. That's our transverse abdominus because that is really our core muscles working. Now, another thing they seem to address was what's going on in between the shoulder blades because a lot of times trainers will talk about kind of retracting the shoulder blades, trying to pull those shoulder blades in together. Well, we really don't wanna pull the shoulder blades in together, nor do we wanna really protract the shoulder blades either. The way that Jeff Cavalier over at Althea X, he talks about kind of more protraction. You wanna be careful about the protraction, kind of allowing those shoulder blades to wing out because this is something that both you know, he and Dr. Christie Innes had spoken about was that a lot of times when we do planks, we do them with poor form. So I want to give you this little tip. When initially starting to do a plank, lay flat on the floor. Get your elbows in underneath you at a 90 degree position. Go ahead and dorsiflex the feet, meaning go ahead, try to bring the toes towards you so that you're going to go ahead and be right up on the ball of the foot. Then from there, before you even lift off the ground, focus in on actually contracting your quads. 
by going ahead and contracting the quads, you're gonna feel the glutes engage and you're gonna feel your core engage. Then from there, try to bring your shoulder blades down and back, allowing for your lats to engage. Your lats play a huge role in core engagement because they are essential for a majority of the activities that we do that require us to be more functional. So when looking at a plank, it's not necessarily a bad exercise to do for low back pain or for various low back conditions that you can uh, use the plank for. The question becomes how to make this type of exercise go from a static one to a very functional one, which is actually going into that dynamic play, meaning you're going to throw in some therapy balls, some BOSU, some bands to really make the exercise more functional, more active and more practical to all the types of daily life that we encounter, whether it's a sports activity, maybe it's just, you know, picking our kids up off the floor, or maybe we are a contractor who has to just have a good core for those awkward positions that we'll be in throughout the day. So again, these guys aren't 100% wrong, nor are they 100% right. Like I said, we have to kind of break it down, look at the anatomy, and look at also too what the research is saying. Now, I did watch both of their videos, and I did go to all their comments. So if you're interested in learning more about some interesting core engagement exercises that you can do, click down below. I've left you links to both my free ebook and my low back pain online course, which really looks at taking it a step further by using a therapy ball, resistance bands, and a BOSU to challenge your core a little bit more and bring in some of those functional exercises that both of those influencers speak on. All right, everyone, this is Dr. Heather. I'll catch you in my next video.